What's up, church planters and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and my fellow planter, Matt Hess. What's up, Matt? How you doing, man? What's going on, Jared Huntley? Not much. You guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. And so whether you are a lead planter or you're on a planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and bring the gospel into the darkest places in North America. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about loneliness and church planting, which is uh, something that a lot of guys face. In fact, I think it touches just about everybody yeah. uh, that's involved in church planting. But before we do that, Matt, how you doing, man? How's your week been? I'm doing good, man. It's It's been a busy week. It's, you know, Holy Week last week, and just the past couple weeks have been a lot, right? A lot going on. Yeah, it has. <laughs> it, it, Easter always feels like a crazy season in yeah. church planting. It really does. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, yeah. So, Matt, um, we, since this is our kind of our inaugural episode and yeah. uh, people don't really know us that well, I figured it'd probably be a good idea if maybe we introduced ourselves to people and kind of told us a little bit about uh, who we are and why we're doing this podcast thing. So, Matt, I just want to ask you, first of all, uh, what's your heart behind wanting to do this podcast? And since we're going to be talking about the topic of, of loneliness and the benefit of being in a network, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the network that you started up here in uh, the greater Toronto area, your vision for that, and and why you did all that? Yeah, man. So our, I guess our story really started in uh, down in Mississippi. <laughs> we were in Mississippi, pastor of church, and God just really began to talk to us about, man, just the need f- to reach people in difficult parts of North America. And so the more we prayed and asked God, you know, long story short, through some really incredible events, he brought us here to the GTA. And so we moved here in July 2012 with with our family at the time of five. You know, we had uh, three kids and my wife, Eric and I. And um, so we, we get here and we knew that we want to start something on the east end of the GTA. Uh, we, we came up on a couple of vision trips. The west end didn't seem to fit us uh, downtown. One time we went downtown and we were at a stoplight and this guy walks across the street and um, he had like a fishnet uh, muscle t-shirt on and, yeah. and, and a pink faux hawk and uh, these, these, uh, these awesome capri pants. That short fat men like myself should never wear, you know. And and I thought, man, that dude looks awesome. He's cool, man. And Erica's like, I think we're called to plant in the GTA. I just don't know if we're called to plant in downtown Toronto. Yeah, <laughs> so, I hear that. Yeah, and so we we uh, we begin to pray and ask God where, you know. And we got out to the East End, and we were like, man, this just fits us. And so we want to come to a place, man, that was diverse. You know, the nations are here, dude. It's incredible. Um, we wanted to go to a place where there was a need. You're talking about 96% of people don't know Christ uh, for a city that's, you know, back and forth with Chicago for the fourth largest city in North America, mm. but easily 7 million people plus, um, you know, and we wanted to go to a place that was big, you know, and so when we started to look at all three of those play, three of those uh, those elements, like it was a no-brainer for us to come here and it's spirit-led. And so uh, we started Fellowship Pickering. Pickering's a bedroom community on the East End. And about 100,000 people, we started Fellowship Pickering in October 2013. But right from the beginning, man, our heart was to multiply. We wanted to see uh, just a network of multiplication. And so um, through God's grace and really through God's direction, man, just reading to the Gospels and seeing what he did, uh, multiplication became our heart. And so we started a network called the Fellowships Church Planning Network. And Mm -hmm. 
You're a part of that rocking it, That's man. Right. That's in, right. In South Austria, Jared's killing it, by the way, and his wife Jen. Yeah, well, you know, that's only because you paved the way ahead of time. And, um, you know, it really is cool to be a part of a network because I know I had uh, a benefit that you didn't have because when you came to the east side, uh, there was virtually nothing going on church planting wise on the east side of the GTA. That yeah. was about five years ago, uh, right? Yeah in, our, yeah, in our tribe. Yeah, the CNBC, Canadian sure, National sure. Baptist Convention. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, so when I, I came up, uh, I think you guys had just planted your first church plant, Fellowship yeah. Rouge Park. Our, our brother, Kesavan Balasangam yeah. over there. And uh, and so we were church plant number three. And so we had the benefit of being able to uh, kind of come in and ride uh, the wave a little bit uh, yeah. or the wake that you guys had created from, from yeah. coming up here. Now, we're in uh, Oshawa, which is a little bit farther yeah. east, uh, affectionately known by locals as the Dirty Schwa. <laughs> uh, but we love it here. It's, yeah, uh, it can be a rough place on the south side of the city, but uh, my wife and I came here precisely because of that reason. We wanted to go uh, to what we felt like was the first place Jesus would have gone to Amen. if he was going to plant a church in the Durham region. Yeah, and and uh, it's been incredible to see what God has done here. Uh, yeah. But I truly believe that we wouldn't be where we are today uh, without the network that has been put in place because I've, I've experienced firsthand, you know, this is my, my first church plant. Uh, and it, it, the Fellowship Pickering was your first church right. plant as well, but yeah. you've had a lot more experience in ministry uh, than I have because you're pretty old uh, and I'm not. <laughs> this is true. Do you see all the gray, man? I do. I can't grow my beard out like you very long because all the wisdom shows up. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's beard envy. It's beard envy. Well, Matt, let's, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to go ahead and dive into yeah, let's do it, uh, our topic, man. I know we've got uh, a lot of things to cover, so let's let, uh, let's let Nacho kick us off. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. All right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, man. So, Matt, what do you think are some of the, some of the causes of loneliness in church planting? Well, why is it so prevalent amongst planters? Oh, man. Gosh, that's such a great question. You know, I think, I think pride is always mm. the, the chief end, man, mm. for, of all things, right? Guys come in with expectations, like they're going to be a mega church pastor, they're going to be a rock star, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And when some of those things don't come to fruition, for like the majority of church planners, right? There's like yeah. one, tenth, we hold up the one-tenth of one percent guy, you know, and, and say like sometimes, and leaders don't mean to do it, but we equate that with normative, Right. church planting and it's it's not right yep. and so when guys don't see that happen man they even feel more and more lonely they feel more and more isolated mm. the reality of planting in tough places like uh the greater toronto area and other areas all around north america is you you just by the very nature oftentimes with how we plant you can't plant with a large core team right right and so there was uh, like for for both of our instances, you know, we sent out a, a couple of guys with you and you had a couple of people that you found in the harvest, but you didn't have a big core team. Nope. Um, our core team was, you know, five people and uh, they all had the same last name as me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, we don't have large core teams. And so that oftentimes, now we're trying to alleviate that yep. with the Fellowships Network. We're trying to build in team church planning. It's one of our core values. So we're mm-hmm. trying to fix that, eh? Yeah. But um, but that's a but that's an issue for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, we we definitely, I, I think Matt would agree with this. We don't want uh, anybody to think that that's uh, a model that we're you know saying no. that should be prescribed. You no. know, again, Matt 
you know, coming up here kind of trailblazing and pioneered. And I think the whole reason, the whole vision behind the network is so that guys coming along after you don't have to have a core team all with the same last yeah. name because uh, yeah. it's not ideal. It's not. Uh, but, you know, God is is good and he's gracious Amen. and he's able to fill in those gaps For even sure. when, you know, maybe uh, we don't have the support that, that we yeah. often like to have. I was uh, reading an article that came out the other day uh, talking about the Summit Church, uh, yeah. J.D. Greer's church. Absolutely. And, yeah, they have like seven times as many missionaries oh, as the next – uh, closest church yeah. uh, in uh, the SBC. And it's just incredible because when they go and they plant churches now, yeah. they're sending out teams of like 20 to 40 people. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, that'd be nice if everybody had that. But I know that most of the people listening to this podcast yeah. aren't going to have the benefit of being able to plant a church with a team yeah. of 20 or 40 people. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and Jared, I mean, I think it our tribe here in, in, in Canada, the Canadian National Baptist Convention, I mean, at, at a Cochrane um you know, Calgary, it's, we're not an enormous denomination, right? No. And so the, the CNBC, I think, I think our church is average between 40 and 50 in attendance mm-hmm. nationwide. So you're, you're not talking about a, a large congregations, you know? Right. And, and so the, the reality of being able to do that, it's, it's, it's not really realistic, but yeah. what we can do is train up 10, 12, maybe 15 people who really get what it means to team plant. So back to your original question, I mean, you know, we're trying to alleviate some of that isolation and loneliness. And you're right. That's the whole vision behind the network. I mean, you know, to have a brotherhood, to have relationships where even if you don't have an enormous core team, you still feel connected. You still feel like you're a part of something much bigger than just your your individual plant. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I know for me, uh, one of the things that kind of hit me early on is is I think that the the at the beginning of your planting cycle there's excitement yeah uh, I think expectations my dad uh, has always told me that all disappointment is the result of unfulfilled expectations yeah, and that's I found good. that to be true not just in church planting but every area of my life and, yeah but I think it's important for planters to remember that because things are not going to turn out like you think they're going to yeah. and if you have that pride element like you talked about you're yeah. in for a very rude awakening absolutely um, God will humble you man oh. He'll do it any way he needs to. Church planning is probably the most humbling profession <laughs> in the entire world. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that, that hit me when we came is that oftentimes I think as planters, we can we can sense this uh, acute awareness that nobody else is quite as invested in this work as I am. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, for me, where a lot of the uh, loneliness in the past uh, has stemmed yeah. uh, from my experience. You know, we had people on our core team, but you know, I was the only one that's full time. I'm doing this full time. So I've got people on my core team who, you know, there's varying maturity levels. They're working full time jobs. They've Mm -hmm. got, you know, other things in their life. Some are single guys and they're, you know, looking for girlfriends, you know, looking for somebody to marry, things like that. So you got all kinds of things, uh, all kinds of factors that go into it. Uh, So how do you think uh, being a part of something like the Fellowships Network kind of helps with that. Yeah, I think, I think when you're part of, uh, and really the bigger, I think the bigger, uh, concept what we're talking about is vision right so you know the 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 less isolated a planter will feel is the more connected he is to a bigger vision yeah and so when and that includes like with your individual core teams and people coming to your church and whatever it has to transfer that vision has to transfer from the planter's heart to the 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 core group's heart and if it never really makes that leap if it never really makes that transition then it's going to feed into this cycle of isolation and so for the network um, you know, our, our, our vision is to help help our churches write new stories of kingdom expansion. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do at Fellowship Pickering, Fellowship Oshawa, Fellowship Church Rouge Park, Fellowship Boneville. That's going to be launching, um, you know, in the fall. 
Uh, so we, we want pe- we want our planners to be a part of that. We want them to speak that vision into their churches, and and so that vision kind of grows, and it, and it, and it does. It pushes against isolation. It pushes against um, you know burnout and all those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the other things that really ties into um, loneliness and church planting is depression. Oh, and, you huge. know this this podcast. You know, I mean, that's probably another topic for another podcast. Oh, we could do six on that one. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think it's relevant for what we're talking absolutely. about because I think loneliness ultimately is a cause yeah. of depression uh, because. You know, when when you're when you're planting, uh, I think it places a lot of stressors on your life, or maybe not even additional stressors, stressors, yeah. but it magnifies yeah. the everyday stress that you would already have in a typical family working a typical job. Man, it's so true. Uh, you know, you, you are so right. Like, and we will. If you're listening to this and, and you wrestle with depression, man, God bless you. We pray for you, actually. Um, you know, across North America, if you're planting churches here in 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 Toronto, but. Uh, we could do a whole podcast on depression, yeah. a whole a whole episode. Maybe, maybe we will. Absolutely, maybe we, we definitely would. Uh, we definitely will. But you know, I, I do want to speak into it for a second because isolation and uh, not be, feeling like you're doing it on your own, it's it will lead to depression. It absolutely will. You know, and it, it'll hit you like a ton of bricks. And ministry in general is already tough. You know, people yeah. who are listening to this who are in the pastorate. Who are on the mission field somewhere else, you know? Um, who who are just doing chaplain ministry, whatever it might be. Ministry's hard, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're on the front lines, taking taking back, um, you know, territory for the kingdom of God. So the enemy hates you. Yep. He wants to attack you, and um, our mental, physical, emotional, all of it's connected. Yep. And so depression's going to be there, yep. and you have to battle it. Well, it's uh, you know, I think a lot of times when you're when you're in the trenches, so to speak, right? yeah. especially when you're, especially if you're a church plant that's actually going after lostness, you know, and we're, yeah. and it, we're going to actually be talking a little bit about that on the next uh, episode. But, yeah. you know, if you're not just looking for transfer growth right. and you're really wanting to see conversion growth and you're going after that, you know, for our city, we're going after the 98% yeah. that don't have the gospel. We're not, we're not interested in fighting with other churches over the 2% that are already in <clears throat> church. And when you're doing that, yeah. uh, I think the kingdom of darkness, uh, takes notice and Satan attacks uh, in all kinds of ways. And so you're going to have a lot of times opposition within and without. Uh, I know for uh, for us, we've experienced uh, opposition uh, from the outside just in terms of rejection. I think a lot of times, you know, when you get out into the harvest, uh, you know, you, you come up against opposition to the gospel. And I, I know uh, <laughs> I come from Texas, right? And, yeah. and I remember one of the reasons that I wanted to go Boomer to... Sooner. Uh, yeah, hook 'em horns. Uh, but one of the reasons that I wanted to come to an unchurched area is I became a little bit uh, right or wrong disenfranchised yeah. with the church culture yeah, I get that. Uh, down south, and yeah. I really wanted to go to a place where uh, people had not heard the gospel yet. And and I can tell from I can tell you from experience, I've knocked on thousands of doors here, and most yeah. people have never had somebody actually personally right. explain the gospel to them. But naively, I thought. That when I came up here, I was like, "Well, this is just great news," and the you know people just reject it in the south because yeah. they've heard it and it's old hat. And yeah. I'm going to come up here to this place, and once people somebody finally goes up to them and shares the good news, they're going to be falling on their knees, going, "How do I follow Jesus? Where do I sign yeah. up?" You know, to, <laughs> yeah. to follow him, and it has not been like that right. again. You know, disappointment comes from unfulfilled yeah. expectations. Unfulfilled expectations, yeah. Uh, and then there's opposition from within. You know, a lot yeah. of times uh, you're going to have. 
you know, wolves that come into your church plant. You're going to have uh, vision hijackers that yeah. come in. Uh, you're going to have other churches in the area that aren't exactly excited that you're planting yeah. uh, in their neighborhood. There's yeah. all sorts of opposition you come up against. And yeah. so uh, I think it's important to have people around you, especially uh, other guys that are seasoned, yeah. right, that have been through it, uh, who can coach you through that, who can talk you through that, or Absolutely. else it's going to really crush you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've had all those things that you just listed happen. I mean, um, you know, I think like the old saying goes, ministry would be awesome if it wasn't for people. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's so like it's you're going to have, but you know, like the greatest joys um, in life uh, are from people, right? Yeah. So it's it's amazing, like to be in community and be in relationship with people. But there, there are those people that come and they want to hijack the vision. I mean, I remember from day one at our first preview service in April of 2013, we announced that we were going to be a multiplying church, and our vision was to multiply and start 12 churches over the next 10 years. Now, some people really love that, and they're like, "Wow, this is this is incredible!" And most people need they didn't even understand what church plan was, and you got to explain it and all those kinds of things. Um, and, and so, some people were really excited, but some people over the years, you know, we we're, we'll be five years old in October, and you know, we've had people over the years leave our church, and they'll simply say. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be starting other churches. Like we should be pulling everybody in together and be one big church, mm. you know? And it's just, and and that's okay if that's what other people want to do. We're not throwing stones at anybody, but uh, or rocks at anybody's house. But like for us, that's just not our vision. And so it, what you said about vision hijacking is so true, man, because when you start the way we all start, primarily if you're going after lostness, right? You need people that claim christ as lord you need those people to link arms with you and get on the front lines with you and go to war um and and oftentimes that's just not the case instead they're wanting this machine type thing that's not what you envision and it will and back to the original thought it leads to depression it leads to isolation because you can't figure out man why can't you see what i see Mm -hmm. why can't you see this lostness why can't you see this harvest field that jesus says is white for the for the harvest. I mean, let, let's go get it together. And, um, but some people just will never get on board and you got to be okay with that. Yeah. Well, we, um, we talked about uh, depression being one of the, the dangers, I guess, of loneliness yeah. and isolation. Um, what, uh, what do you think are some of the other dangers, uh, that are presented from loneliness? Golly. I, I think, you know, any time when, when we're kind of set apart or we feel we feel isolated and loneliness begins to kick in um there is this because of the nature of our depravity we are bent to want to find immediate gratification mm. um just kind of like a our humanistic like you know that that bent and so for 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 men specifically sexual desires got to be really careful Right uh, to yeah. to try to find pleasure in pornography or or lusting after other women, that is not your wife. Uh, you know, begin. You have to really keep a good um, a good rein on that. You have to be mm-hmm. careful with that. Um, you know, pleasures like food, um, other other things that might bring you temporary pleasure. Even even chilling out and watching Netflix for like nine hours. Yeah, you know, you, you know, I remember in the beginning waking up. You know, one day and it's like, man, I'm so lonely. It's um. I'm doing all this myself and you know you're tempted to say like let's just take a day off and that's okay sometimes yeah. but when it becomes like let's just take two days off and three days off yeah. and like you yeah. go and you go through a week and you haven't done anything to advance the kingdom that week in the beginning stages because you don't have the core team you don't have mm-hmm. anybody there's nobody there to motivate you 
Yeah. And, and so, you know, you well, don't clock in in church planning, right? Yeah. Well, that's, it's, it's very important, especially for guys that are maybe transitioning into uh, church planting for the first time. Maybe yeah. they've either been on staff at a church where they've had office hours or they're coming from uh, a secular vocation. And all of a sudden yeah. you go from that to, uh, in most cases, you don't have an office. No. You don't have an immediate boss who's overseeing you and, and asking you what you're doing with your time or nope. if you're putting in hours. And you yeah. got to be a self-starter. Yeah. And honestly, in the beginning stages, uh, you've got to do what a lot of guys are not comfortable doing, which is get out into the community Absolutely. and begin to engage people. Yeah. Uh, and it's really easy for us to fill our time uh, with other things, yeah, uh, you know, even good things, not just Netflix binges, but yeah. you know, things like you know, working and reworking our strategy, yeah. and you know, planning Bible studies yeah. and things like that. Working so, on our websites, right? We gotta yeah. get our website damn perfect. Oh, yeah. If we get our website perfect, the masses will come. Amen. That's the key right there. That's the key. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah, but I think that you know, accountability is so important. I mean, we've seen a rash of moral failures in the news uh, recently. And one of the things that I've noticed that is common to all of those moral failures is that it's happening to guys who are at the top. That's right. And what that tells me is that they probably were alone. They didn't have anybody who was keeping them in check. They didn't have anybody on their level. And basically all of their relationships were people who were subordinate to them. And that is deadly for a church planter. Absolutely, man. Because what can happen is, you know, if things are going really well, Satan wants to make you read your own headlines. Yep. And he, he makes you start thinking it's about your personality. It's about, and you buy into all this false hype, right? And so what does that lead to? It leads to humility. It leads to being humble by God. It leads to all kinds of bad things that, mm-hmm. that can really wreak havoc in the life of your church. And so it, it, you have to be ultimately, you have to be super, super careful about that. And when things aren't going well, you start to blame yourself also. Yep. And it's all about me. Right. It it gets back to that. We're just so self-centered people, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just so selfish. And we think that when when it's working well, it's about me. And when it's not working well, it's it's about me. And and so we have to be really, really careful about that. But, you know, I just want to speak into something real quick, what you brought up. I I think it's really key. We we see these key leaders that are that are falling, you know, some of these people. And it's there's nothing new under the sun. The Bible tells us it's been happening in the Bible. We saw it with David and others. Um, But. I remember my, my mentor, my pastor, you know him, Chuck Herring, you know, pastors are sitting in church, uh, Carville First Baptist. Pastor Chuck always tells me, he says, you know, you are the tip of the spear. Mm-hmm. And you at Fellowship Oshawa, you're the tip of the spear. And Casey is the tip of the spear at Rouge Park, and James will be in Bowmanville. And that's not a pride thing. That that means, he always tells me it in this way, Satan knows if he can get you, he can get to other guys, and he yep. can get to your network. And so we have to really, there's nothing more important to ultimately battle isolation and being uh, apart and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing more important than spending time with God every day. Yeah. Amen. Being in prayer, reading yep. your Bible, fasting, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, I think that's absolutely critical. And then having people in your life who are going to make sure that you're doing that, you know, yeah. it's what, uh, so whether you're a part of a formal network or, you know, maybe, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys, in fact, most of the guys that are, or girls that are listening right now probably don't have uh, the benefit of something like yeah, that, which yeah. is why we're trying trying to start more that's right. of them. But uh, even if you don't have that formally, seek it out formally, you yes. know, uh, go to somebody uh, and make a specific ask, you know, go to somebody that you can trust and, and say, Hey, 
Uh, I need yeah. accountability in my life. I need right. somebody that I can go to uh, who's maybe outside of my church that I can talk to about some yeah. of the things I'm going to. I know uh, one of the things that, that uh, one of the other dangers of isolation is that I, it can really begin to put a strain on your family. Oh, you know, for sure. One of the things I, I, I began to notice recently is that I found that too often I would air out my grievances with my wife. Yeah. And every time I wanted to uh, talk through a, a strategy or something that I was thinking about changing. And I tend to process by talking about things yeah, out loud. Yeah. And so I want to process everything through with my wife. And she told me actually the other day, she said, I feel like all we ever do is talk about church planting. Oh, wow. And so I think that that's ultimately not a healthy thing for your marriage long term. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm laughing because... Uh, my wife, Erica, I mean, she, in the beginning, you know, it's just us, right? And yeah. so, like, she's doing everything. Yeah. She's doing announcements. She's doing kids' church, you know. Um, I, I mean, and it, it got to the point where that's it, That's all we ever talked about mm-hmm. was 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 church planting, was the church. I mean, we, we went on a date, you know. I mean, I remember in the early early days, we didn't know anybody here. And we, we finally met some people in the harvest and um, got some connections and found a good babysitter. And we... You know, we went on a date, and I remember one night just looking over her and she, she, talking about the church. That's all I wanted to talk about. And she said, you know, for one night, can we just not talk mm-hmm. about Fellowship Pickering yep. and the Fellowships Network? And I felt so offended in my pride. <laughs> I felt like, well, I thought you were in on this with me, you know, like a little. Are you even a Christian? <laughs> Yeah, you know Jesus, don't you? Come on. And uh, I remember just like being offended, but then really listening to her, listening to her heart, man. And I was just like, this is going to destroy my marriage. And God did not call us to plant churches to ruin our marriages. Um, And so, you know, after that point, I really woke up and said, okay, let's let's push the pause button. Because you're right, man. We don't have offices. We don't have this. We work out of our homes. We bring it home. I mean, we got stuff in our offices, supplies from the church. We see it all the time. And, you know, you got to have healthy rhythms. We talk about that all the time in the network. You got to have healthy rhythms. And part of that is knowing, and as you're, like, you guys have a couple elders now at Fellowship Oshawa. Yep. And you got some godly men and their families that can do life with you guys. And those guys, you can pour out all that stuff too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and you can, you can talk about I, stuff. I, if she I wants did. To. I, I dumped on Mike last night. Uh Oh, he sat there and listened to my 45 minute monologue. <laughs> yeah. In his basement. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's good. You need, but you need that, right? You need those you guys. Do. You need you men do. that will do that with you. That's right. Not your wife. So Matt, um, what would you say maybe to a planter or somebody who's on a church planting team, uh, or maybe somebody who's in ministry and they're listening to us right now and they're saying, and they're thinking to themselves, I'm dealing with this right now. I, I feel isolated. Mm. I feel loneliness, but I don't have this network that you guys are talking about. I'm not a part of something like the Fellowships Network. What would you say to them to encourage them, yeah. and what advice would you give them? Man, bro, I, I would say the bigger the bigger conversation, what we're talking about is brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can, regardless of your tribe, regardless of your denomination, you know, there are other, I, I guarantee you, you are not the only show in town. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Satan wants to trick you to think you are, and your prideful heart wants to make you think you are. But one of the first things you any church planner needs to do, what I always recommend when I coach guys, is when you go into a new area, it, regardless of your core team, you need to meet the other pastors. I don't care if you disagree on secondary doctrines or whatever it might be. Go meet with that guy. You know, go meet with those people and go go, go handle snakes with the guy down the road. Just get, get to know one another. For our listeners in the mountains of Kentucky, <laughs> um, 
we have partners in Kentucky, so disregard that. No, no offense. <laughs> yeah, we no, love you. Keep we, sending your money, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, no snake handler partners, by the way. But anyways, uh, yeah. Oh, man, it's funny. Uh, so I, I would say go and meet those people. You know, learn from them. Listen to them. Understand your context from them. They've been doing it longer than you. It, it, they might not agree with the way you do things. You, you probably don't agree with the way they do things. But the bigger topic is brotherhood. Yeah. And, you know, the Bible calls us to be unified under the blood of Christ uh, through the cross. And so, you know, again, we go back to pride. Pride prevents guys from doing that. And so, guys, it's, it's, a, it's like a double-edged sword, right? They'll, they're like, I'm so isolated. I'm so lonely. And there's probably like this elderly Bible study that meets in, an, in a church down the road that you could probably go to. And get some community and get some encouragement from some older people that sure. would love you yep. and love your family. But your pride keeps you from doing that because you're going to do it on your own. And then you whine about being lonely, right? You right. see how that works? Yeah. And so I, I would say that to guys, first of all. find Even if it's not in your own tribe, find some guys that are doing it and, and get connected. Yep, amen. Yeah, I, I'd also just reiterate. I know that you know we're part of the North American Mission Board. Yeah, and uh, one of the uh, one of the things that the North American Mission Board preaches is brotherhood. And yeah. uh, you know they do a great job of supporting planters and uh, having brotherhood gatherings. But I have also seen plenty of guys within the North American Mission Board struggle with isolation yeah. because there's brotherhood that's available. But I think you've got to make the effort personally because yeah. uh, you know there's this uh, that old Michael Bublé song that used to make me really sad when I was. Uh, in the military, and I was deployed overseas, and it was like, yeah. you know, I'm surrounded by a million people, but I still feel all alone. I just yeah. want to go home, you know. And I've always yeah. thought about that line. It's yeah. easy; you can be surrounded by lots of people yeah. and still feel alone. So you've got to seek out, uh, and I think, like I said earlier, intentionally ask people. Like, don't be afraid to do that. It's, it doesn't have to be awkward. That's just go great. to somebody and tell them, like, "Hey, I feel isolated right now. Yeah. Would you be willing to start meeting with me?" every week or biweekly and then tell them, Hey, here's what I need out of this. I need accountability. I just need somebody to talk to about some of the things that we're struggling with. And I think you'd be surprised at how uh, willing people are to say yes to that. And if the guy, and if the guy's like, no, I'm too busy, whatever, call him a jerk and go find somebody else. Yeah. That's a a great way to build relationships. That's right. But there's somebody, you know, in seriousness though, the person says like, I don't know about that. I don't know you, whatever. Find the next person. Yeah. There's always going to be somebody. God's got somebody for you. Amen. That's awesome well matt it's been good man we're uh uh we're about out of time today but as always we want to thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast and uh, we pray that it's been a a blessing and a benefit to you and to your church plant that's why we do this uh we want to be able to share our experiences uh and uh we love church planting and we love the kingdom of god and we want to see it advance next week we're going to be diving into uh, evangelism and why there are no shortcuts to church planting. Got to knock on those doors. Yes, sir. You got to knock on those doors. And so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if you enjoyed today's podcast and do us a favor, make sure that you share the podcast and you tell a friend who's involved with a church plant uh, all about it. Uh, we would appreciate it. We want to try to reach as many people as we can and, uh, and just bless them with this content. So thank you guys. Uh, and as always, make sure you stay in the trenches.